Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, a lot going on. I got a lot of stuff. I should. This is definitely an episode where I probably should have wrote down things that I want to talk about because it's been a week and a lot's going on, but I also have a lot going on in my head right now that I want to remember to say, so hopefully I don't forget anything, but, um, a couple of just business items that I wanted to get out of the way, um, well, I guess, I don't know if it's business or not, but some things that have happened that I've really enjoyed over the past couple of weeks, um, just as a byproduct of this podcast. I had a friend of mine that I did some missions work with in Mexico, gosh, 20, no, 10 years ago or so around then, um, 15 years ago. She, I think I was trying to remember I mean, I remember seeing pictures of these girls when they were babies, so I think it's been since they were born, basically. She's been a nanny for this family um, that has two girls, and she listens to the podcast, and she messaged me and said that the girl, one of the girls who's 12, um, asked her if she could download the app, I guess the CastBox app or on iTunes or something, figure out how to pull my podcast so she could listen to it, you know, even when my friend wasn't around. And then, and then at one point they were listening in the car and she said that she wished that she could be friends with me. I was like, so sweet, so nice, 12 years old, a fan. Um, so yeah, Ashley the fact that you're 12 and you enjoy podcasts, I mean, that's a clear indicator that you and I could be fast friends. I'm sure. I hope I get to meet you sometime. But, um, I also had a, my cousin told me that she was listening. She actually happens to also be a nanny and, uh, she was listening to the podcast while she was washing dishes and her son walked in who's five, six-ish, and said, I thought you'd be listening to Samantha. <laughs> and she was like, oh, don't worry, I am. She's got a guest on. She'll be on. She'll be back on here in a second. So I think that is really cool because for a couple of reasons, you know, I, I let my kids listen to some different podcasts. There definitely are some children's um, podcasts that have popped up that my kids really like. Some like fairy tale and folklore ones that we listen to when we're driving or something that it's so funny because my 11 year old will be like, uh, I don't want to listen to that crap. And then it gets started and it's kind of like a mystery or it's, you know, whatever. And then he gets really into it and we'll have to stop and he'll be like, well, what, why, we, we, why want to listen to the rest of it? I'm like, yeah, I like how you try to play it off. Like you didn't care, but now you're throwing a fit that you can't finish it. Um, there's also some that are really neat that are like, How does, like, how does stuff get made? How does it work? And anyway, I just think it's a great, it's a great way to use technology to be able to relay, uh, you know, interesting information to kids. And anyway, but maybe from now on, I'll just give a heads up if it's not a kid-friendly topic that way. uh, I don't think that there's anything that I really get into too much that's very heavy that, that wouldn't be, um you know, appropriate for a kid to listen to, but just in case in the future, I'll, uh, I'll give a heads up to that. So, um, yeah, but I really like, I I don't know. I've told, I've said this before. I have a, a little bit of an idea off a cast box, how many listens I have on there. But outside of that, as far as iTunes or anything, I don't really know, um, you know, what my status is. I did, it looks like finally get enough reviews on iTunes that I have a five-star rating. They require like so many ratings before they'll actually even register you having a rating at all. So that's neat. I mean, I'm glad to have that. And then, um, you know, I'm just really thankful for anybody who listens because I know you don't have to. I know you choose to. And um, it just really means a lot to me. I had a 
another friend of mine who I go to church with that I don't see too regularly. She's got three kids. I've got four. It's just the nature of the beast of having a lot of kids that you just kind of pass each other and uh, maybe talk on, you know, text here and there a couple times a month. But she, I saw her um, in passing on Friday and she was like, I feel like I've been hanging out with you because I've been listening to your podcast. And I'm like, I love that. I love that like I'm in people's homes and I don't take that lightly. And I hope that I can, you know, bring some joy or comedy or some quality um, conversation into people's homes. So I'm really, really grateful um, that you're letting me like be in your family and be in your home and, and I, and I'm, and, you know, in your ear and I'm, I'm not taking that lightly and I'm hoping to, you know, continue, continue to be there. So, um, I've got some exciting, like I guess, plan for this week that I'm really excited about Jill, who has been on, um, the past couple of months consistently she and I I think back actually the first time we recorded we kind of mentioned this really briefly that we were going to look at she has a friend who is a um, a good friend of hers who's African-American and she um she said we should have her on to try to maybe just touch on some race issues and race topics and things and Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to have her on, um, on Thursday, probably get it up and post it on Friday. Look for that. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some pretty heavy topics, but I'm really, I feel like my friend Jill has given me, basically I told her, I said, I'm up for talking about anything as long as she's, uh, not the type of person who's going to get offended by ignorance because, (laughs) I'm guaranteed to say something that may seem offensive or may seem like like it may be offensive to someone who's not understanding. And I don't in any of any way ever mean to be offensive. But uh, she assures me that uh, this friend of hers is the one for the job. So I'm looking forward to actually being able to have an honest conversation and not a feeling like I need to mince my words or not feeling like I I need to, um, you know, watch what I say. I want to, you know, obviously watch what you say, but I just want to know how to say it, I guess, in a way that's that's not offensive, in a way that's educated and, and really have a good understanding. She proposed um, quite a few different topics that I and I was like all about all of them especially the hair topic I gotta know I've had questions about black people hair for so long I can't even I can't even tell you so I gotta know everything like my number one question that I can't wait for her to answer is is it offensive or is it a compliment when I tell my black friends that I'm jealous that they can change their hair all the time I don't know. Is that offensive? Like, it's it's not great that I can change my hair all the time because I have to give so much effort to it? Or is it a compliment because it is nice that I can change my hair all the time? I cannot wait for her to tell me because I've said those very things and I've, I've said that comment to friends of mine who are black and I've gotten mixed, I've gotten mixed responses. So I'm not really sure if it makes me sound like an idiot or, um, if it's a compliment, I I don't know, but I, I mean it. I mean what I'm saying. Like, I think it's amazing that with the type of hair and the styles that are available that you could really, choose any like hairstyle you could go natural you I don't even know what all the options are braids and weaves and boxes and all kinds of stuff but yeah I don't have that option like I wake up and wash my hair and it's straight that's all I got but but maybe even me saying that is like ignorant I so yeah I'm really looking forward to it obviously I don't have a clue so this this girl she's got it in for because uh yeah I'm an idiot, so, um, I'm really hoping she can help me. Um, the other thing that I, uh, mentioned to my friend is that, to Jill, is that I would really like to, for her to address the topic of, um, 
as a white person who loves deeply, you know, any person of any color, how do I respond or take action when it comes to participating in some of these race debates and, and Nike and Kaepernick and all, I mean, how do I, do I stay back because it's not my battle and I don't understand and so I shouldn't say anything because it's not, or do I, or, and by doing that, is my silence, uh, silent support or do I get in there and, and, and show support? I, I don't know. So yeah, that was the other thing that I'm hoping, um, to get some clarification on. It's going to be, it's going to be really good. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not planning on doing too much talking. I'm just going to ask the questions and I need for her to just give the information. So <laughs> look forward to that. I'm going to post this episode that I'm recording now today, Monday. It's a rainy Monday here in Ohio, which is kind of nice because it's been so flipping hot. But, um, so if you see this episode and listen and have any questions in particular, if you're a white girl like me and you don't have a clue, and you have questions, I believe, I'm sure, let me get her name wrong right off the bat. I think her name is Natasha. I could be wrong on that. But if you have questions for her, if you have questions that for uh, black people in general that you have never wanted to ask or you feel like an idiot asking, now's the time. Now is the time to ask those questions because my understanding, and Jill is is really honest with me, so I specifically ask her this, my understanding is that she's up for the task of taking uh, all the ignorant questions and handling them in stride. So yeah, send me a message, send me an email, and I'll, I'll put your question on, and I'll give you a shout out, and uh, we'll, we'll get those questions answered, and we'll have those discussions. So um, I think another cool thing that we're going to talk about is what do, um, what do African American moms tell their children about the police? And what do white people, t- why, what do white moms tell their children about the police? And, you know, how is that different? And maybe how is it the same? And, and then that having a good understanding of that. So it's going to be, like I said, I'm saying it over and over, but it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it and, uh, it's going to get deep. So let's do it. Um, in other news, I'm actually really glad that last week's lost episode was never recovered because, uh, I did a giant rant about technology and screens and, and about my son begging me for a smartphone and how adamant I was that I was not going to give in and, uh, well, so what had happened was, <laughs> it, I, I think I already gave the rundown about what all, what all went down with T-Mobile. <clears throat> so essentially, I had until tomorrow, the 18th, to either switch his flip phone to my AT&T account or to resolve my issues with T-Mobile and make a second attempt to have a T-Mobile account. Well, I decided that I could not, uh, I could not ignore the fact that T-Mobile's, um, plan and, and options were just better than what I had, you know, what I was dealing with. So I went ahead on Saturday night. I told my son, it was just me and my son, the babies. I said, look, I got to go to the grocery store. I'll get to that in a second, but let's go to the grocery store and, um, I think there's a T-Mobile right there beside it. I'm just going to go in there and see, you know, what my options are. I swear to you, I couldn't have, I was like, man, I, I now, now what am I going to do? I pull up there. They've got a sign, a big, big advertisement sign out front that says that the newest or one of their newest Samsung, uh, smartphones is buy one, get one free. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause as soon as I saw it, I knew it was going to happen. I can't pass up free. Uh, and so we get in there. The girl was, you know, this young girl, 20, 21, I think she told me she was. And really nice, semi-knowledgeable. I still obviously, of course, there's like kinks that I've got to work through that things that didn't go right. But um, 
So she gets me all, you know, I explained to her the previous situation, told her I would really love it to not go that way again. They happen to actually have the phone in stock, multiple colors even. I don't know how that, like how there could be such a discrepancy between stores, but whatever. So she has the phone. We choose what we're going to have. I choose what both. I said, go ahead and give me both of them because I can't pass up free. And, uh, Anyway, yeah, get my whole account switched over. Now my 11-year-old's walking around with a $700 phone because I'm a fool, basically. (laughs) But the way I see it, you know, he he has really strict parameters around it. He doesn't have access. He's not on social media. Um, Yeah, like I said, I'm just making justifications at this point. But I... um, I had planned on waiting until his birthday, which is at the end of November. So I just told him when I gave it to him, I'm like, happy birthday. Don't even look at me when your birthday rolls around. Like you might get a cake if you're lucky. (laughs) But um, so now he has his phone. Of course, they don't have cases that in the store that actually are the right kind of case for the phone. This is the thing that's so funny about these phones. And I, I know exactly how this went down. Samsung CEOs, bigwigs are sitting around and they're like, oh no, people are keeping their phones for two years and their screens aren't breaking enough and, we're, and, our, and our phone sales are down. We got to figure out a way to get people to, to create a phone that'll break more so that, so that our phone sales will go up. So what they did was they created this phone that has a rounded edge. Who cares? It has a rounded edge and you can do things on the edge and you can swipe to the edge, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So because of that, you can't buy a, a regular case that just fits like a, like I've got, I've consistently had an OtterBox, you know, the big rugged, like as rugged and as hardcore and durable as possible. That's what I've had. I've had it since the iPhone 4. I've never had a cracked screen. I'll crack this one today, guarantee now that I've said that. But I've never had a cracked screen. I've never had a broken phone from dropping it. And I'm rough. Like I throw them in my bag. I throw them and they drop. My kids are messing with them. They drop. And I've never had one because I've kept, consistently kept. Now the cases are stupid expensive. But for me, it's kind of worth it because I don't pay for the insurance plan on the phone. I'm sure I probably need to now that he's got one. But, uh, and, you know, I've never had a cracked screen. I've never had any issue because I have these big durable cases. This phone, none of the OtterBox cases even offer the case with a screen protector <laughs> because of the nature of the phone. With the, I'm like, you got to be flipping kidding me. So... What they do offer, just to try to take as much money from you as possible, they offer a glass curved edge screen protector that you can purchase in addition to the case, and supposedly that's supposed to protect everything. I went, to, I just left Best Buy to go in and figure out what my options are. If I would have bought the glass screen protector and a case, I would have walked out of there and probably spent 200 to $250 between myself and my son's phone. It's, it's a total, it's just outrageous. So what I did instead was that once I got an idea on what was available, I got on Amazon and I think I ended up spending 50 bucks <laughs> on, I, found, I did actually find a screen or a, a, a case that has the screen protector had a lot of good reviews so hopefully it holds up uh we'll see what happens but yeah it's just so funny to me it's like they just they purposely create these things this isn't even a conspiracy theory this is fact people okay because i know how these companies work they create these things so that you will break them so that they will be fragile like this phone is so like thin and fragile that I can't even hold it like in the crook of my my shoulder and my ear without feeling like I'm gonna break it it's it's terrible I can't wait I actually I've never done this I have prime so I get free two-day shipping I paid twelve dollars more to get it shipped to me tomorrow because I'm terrified of carrying this thing around without a case on it to that extent 
my son, I didn't even let him take his to school because I told him until it has a case on it, there's no way you're taking it out of this house. Uh, so his phone is sitting on the charger in the living room and mine is, I'm terrified. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're walking around with new phones and I'm sure people probably are looking and saying, I thought she was, I thought she was a foster parent. Didn't have any money. I don't have any money. Listen, I don't have any money. I'm broke. Uh, no, but this was a good deal. I think total in store for like the taxes on both phones and then she was kind enough to credit me one installation fee since I had already paid it on the phone with T-Mobile. If you listen to the previous episode that I never got. So yeah, I think I ended up paying total in the store like 60 bucks. And then um, my phone, my bill with two smartphones. And then I think, I think we end up having like a hundred gigabytes of data between the two of us. Like how would you ever use that much data? I don't even know what to do. Um, and then unlimited everything else, obviously, but I think it ends up being like only $15 or more than what I was paying for one smartphone with like six gigabytes of data from with AT&T. So I don't know. It's always scary when you've been with a provider for a lot of years. I think I was with AT&T for pushing 20 years. Uh, it's always a little bit scary to switch to something new. I had a moment today where I was like, I don't know, was this a good idea where I didn't have any signal at my sitter's house? But then it kind of popped right back on. So, and then I was really happy because I went through the area of my town where it's been a dead zone with AT&T and it looked like I had good signal. So anyway, that's more than you ever wanted to know uh, about cell phone and my cell phone plan. But I guess the takeaway is don't just dig your heels in with a company because that's what you've always had and that's what you've always known. And I'm bad for that. And I'm saying it to myself. I probably would have never looked at T-Mobile if it wasn't for my cousin and my cousin's husband talking to me about it because they um, had, he had actually like he, or I don't know, she had or whatever, they had researched and found that like it was a better deal. I probably never would have gone there or even considered T-Mobile, but because they talked to me about it. So yeah, just don't dig your heels in, uh, or don't assume that just because, I mean, obviously AT&T was like one of the, I guess the first cell phone provider. So, I mean, they, you know, don't assume that just because they are the biggest or whatever, that they're also the best because some of these other little providers, um, are really stepping up and their deals are a lot better. So that's that. One thing I wanted to just touch on, um, I had a couple of things actually I wanted to uh, specifically touch on today as far as topics go. One of them would be that um, as far as just, I just want to give like a public service announcement, charge, chat, like, in, like just <laughs> please all of the requests to anyone who listens, who's a mom, dad, parent, grandparent, all of them is to please continue when, in pub, when you're out in public with your children, especially to be aware of your surroundings and to really take seriously the possibility that someone is waiting to snatch your children. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one who seems to really come across these Facebook posts pretty regularly, but it seems like over the past month, I've seen uh, maybe 10 of like, we were in Walmart and this creeper kept looking at us and then he followed us through the aisles or we were, um, at the fair and this guy kept popping up, you know, all these different Facebook posts. Well, I don't know, uh, if this, I had a particular run in with a situation this weekend that, could have been completely innocent, but I guess because of, well, I'm like naturally paranoid all of the time and my anxiety, you know, runs, runs way high. But so I don't know if it was that or if there actually was some weird, uh, 
weird stuff going on. But I took my kids on Friday night to the blue a bluegrass festival. I particularly love bluegrass music. Now, I will say I love fast, like, you want to get up and dance bluegrass music. Not like the honky-tonk, slow, mama, why'd you hit me, slow, sad <laughs> bluegrass music. I like the faster stuff my kids despite the fact that they want to say they don't like it when it comes to the faster stuff and we can get up and dance and have and like they love it and I, we had a good time so it was fun we they had all kinds of food trucks we got some good food we got some good ice cream and um you know they got to dance the second band ended up being kind of that like slow honky tonk so we ended up leaving but, so here's what went down, that again, I don't, it could have been completely innocent, but it, I just made me think, like, I'm, I gotta continue to keep my guard up, like, I cannot ever, obviously, I'm always alone for the most part when I'm out with my kids, so it's four, four against one, and so I'm, like, on high, high alert the whole time. Somebody said, I don't know how you go out with all four kids. I'm like, well, I don't really have an option to not have all four for the most part. And I don't want for my kids to like their memories of their childhood are like, oh yeah, I remember that, but it was just me and my sister. Oh yeah, I remember that, but it was just me and the babies. Like I want them to have memories together, all four of them. So I've kind of committed to like just making it work and really, um, have just kind of developed some ways to keep tabs on them and to keep them close and to keep eyes on them and everything and my 11 year old obviously helps out so that that makes it uh that's a big factor but anyway so we sit there we got there it was daylight and um there was this younger guy there was an older couple that were already there and then there was this younger guy who showed up with just one little boy who was probably about the same age as my youngest daughter like two or so and um of course like just like all little kids do you know this little boy comes over and is like looking at Mia talking to her or whatever and uh they're kind of playing together and then um goes back over to his dad, you know, comes back over, back and forth kind of thing. And the dad is really, like, kind of staring at the kids. And then the older couple that he's with are kind of really staring at us quite a bit. And I didn't think anything of it. I mean, we get stares because there's a lot of us. So, I didn't think too much of it. But, um, so then we actually left our chairs just on the hopes that nobody would steal them. I mean, they're pretty crappy chairs, so we just kind of assumed nobody would mess with them. But we wanted to keep our, our spots, so we left our chairs, walked over, got some food, and then when we came back, the younger guy was still there with his little boy, and then the older couple, couple were still there. Um, and he said, Do you have five kids? Are there five kids? And I said, no, no, I've only got four. And he said, I can't believe you have four kids. I text my wife to tell her that there was somebody here with four kids because I couldn't believe it. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I just can't ever, I can't imagine ever being out and like texting my spouse to say, you wouldn't believe it. There's a lady here with four kids. I don't know. Maybe as a young guy, like, that's something that he's... I don't know. It was weird. So, he actually left pretty soon after that interaction. I didn't really respond to him. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's what I'm used to. And um, So, he actually left pretty quickly after that interaction. But the older couple um, stayed and continued to really stare quite a bit at myself and the kids and, and then when we decided to leave, I noticed that they also, um, packed up and, you know, looked like they were also leaving at the same time that we were. So then we had maybe a two blocks worth of walking before we got, got to where we had parked. 
and you know it's dark and there's some like darker areas where we're walking so like I said I just kept I just stood like with I had the stroller I had both babies strapped in and then like my seven-year-old daughter she is total sloth like she usually is trailing behind us whenever we're walking somewhere but I just made sure to like just stay in the back and have her and my um, oldest uh, walking in front of me so that I could keep really close eye on both of them Um, and I do that I guess it you know like I said if anything came out of that interaction um And I don't wish like a close call on anybody, (laughs) but if anything were to come out of that interaction, whether it was innocent or not, it really kind of put me in check to be more vigilant than maybe what I had been. My older two are getting to the point to where like at one point my son did walk off because he wanted a lemonade shake up like after we'd already gotten our food and stuff and I did let him walk over to the booth and get one and then there's times here there's been I think two times to where um, I've let my 11 and 7 year old be home alone for a couple of hours for an hour for a couple of minutes here and there different times so they are getting to the point to where I'm I'm becoming a little less helicopterish around them but I guess that situation I was thankful for because it did just um it just uh reaffirmed to me that like I have to continue to be very vigilant because again whether or not those people had any ill intentions it's really irrelevant like I have to you have to continue to keep eyes on your children um, really really closely because there are just some really terrible people (laughs) in this world and um, there's all this just horrific things that I don't I know that I don't even have an accurate pulse on as far as like sex trafficking and child trafficking and all of those things and yeah, I just, I just wanted to say to any parents or grand, like any caregiver, parent, grandparent, like don't let your guard down, keep your guard up, continue to be as vigilant as you've always been. And, uh, you know, I'm saying it to myself too, obviously, because I can, I can, uh, I can let my, let my guard down. I, I just know too, like last week at my son's football game, we were walking, um, we were walking up onto the state on the stands and my two year old, she had gotten out of, or I'd gotten her out of the stroller. So she was walking and, um, in an instant, a girl, an older brother or older, older sister to one of my son's friends who is really a super sweet girl. I think she's in eighth grade. She, um, and my seven year old really hit it off. Like his football team used to have practice every single night from six to eight. So we spent a lot of time hanging out with her because her dad was one of the coaches. Her brother was on the team. And so she wasn't quite old enough to just sit around at home. So she was at a lot of the practices and we spent a lot of time with her. But anyway, she's a really sweet girl and she saw uh, my two-year-old and my two-year-old knows her. And so she picked her up and just like jokingly started to walk away with her and her little group of friends and was kind of giggling and And, but I didn't see it. Like, I didn't see that she had picked her up. I was just kind of like looking, uh, for her as we were walking. And then she kind of turned around and was holding her and was laughing and it was funny or whatever. But, uh, Mia was giggling because she thought it was funny, but it was just was kind of a wake up call to me in that situation too, that how quickly someone can, uh, pick up especially a baby or a toddler and just turn and walk with them and in the time that it takes for you to realize that they're walking away you know they've already gotten into a vehicle or they you know whatever it's just terrifying horrific I'm sure I'm probably just building up your anxieties (laughs) as the more I talk I know I'm building my own up but um 
Yeah, so just just as a challenge, just as an encouragement, you know, I know it's hard. We go out in public. I saw someone the other day say, uh, this is why I never go out in public with my husband. I never take the kids anywhere without my husband when we go out in public. And I know I've had other friends of mine, like I said, say, I don't know how you ever take all four of them out. And, you know, well, and it's like, I don't think that it's. I don't, I think that there is a way to do it and be alone. I mean, I have a lot of, I do a lot of shout outs to single parents and I don't ever want to convey to a single parent that you cannot take your children and participate in activities, um, outside of your home because I just think that that's really isolating and it can be, it could, it'll make you stir crazy to not, to feel like we can't go anywhere because it's just me and I can't supervise my children. I think there is a way to do it. I've taken Sharpies and wrote my phone number right on my children's forearms. Um, especially like at Kings Island and things like that, where they do maybe wander ahead a little bit. Yeah. Right on their arms, wrote my phone number. Um, I always keep, I never, the babies are never in their, um, stroller that they're not buckled in. So if somebody is going to take them out, it's going to take a second for them to unbuckle them and they're buckled in tight. It's not like they could just slip out. That's for their protection as far as being snatched. And also because a two-year-old's wild and she will try to get out of there if she's not in tight. Um, you know, my 11-year-old is very aware of dangers and he is, um, just, I make a, a point of saying to him, you know, to really help me to keep an eye on, um, the babies and on his sisters to set my seven year old when we're out. Um, so I think there, you can do it. I think it can be done. You can be a single parent and you can also participate in society and, and, and do it safely, but just continue to be vigilant, continue to be paranoid. That's the way I say that's the way to be. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's that. The other thing I wanted to get into, and this is just going to be like a, uh, full disclosure moment because I can't believe I'm going to really do this, but I just have to, I have to have the account. I can't find an individual to give me any accountability. So I feel like I'm just, uh, I'll take it to the world and, uh, <laughs> take it to the, uh, take it to the recording and hopefully get some accountability. At least if, at least it's my own accountability, but I, um, I hate food and I'm, I'm willing to admit that. And I'm finally acknowledging that I, I really think that I have an eating disorder. Now it's, I'm not bulimic. I'm not anorexic. Obviously, if you've ever seen me, I, I'm not any of those things, but I have a disorder with food. I have an unhealthy relationship with food. I have an eating disorder. I have a problem with <laughs> food in general. I, uh, I have an issue with, um, my weight fluctuating. I have, I have a problem that's past the point of like, I ate too many carbs over the weekend. I mean, I have a major, um, you know, food is an idol. It's a, it's a sin in my life. And it's something that, you know, I'm 37 years old. And I was thinking yesterday when I was um, considering recording about this, like, I remember being a teenager and begging my dad to teach me how to um, lift weights and how to, do things because he kept some equipment in our basement and my dad for the majority of my childhood I remember him cons pretty consistently lifting weights and you know hitting on a punching bag and and doing things like that and I remember begging him and and having him teach me how to do some of the um, weight equipment and, and lifting and things because I through my entire high school and into college always was overweight and always was conscious and um, pretty well disgusted <clears throat> with my size and with my weight and never was really all that content in the way that I looked and, and, and my size. And, um, you know, I remember being in my room late at night and just to the point of excruciating pain, doing sit-ups and doing, trying to do push-ups and trying to do other exercises to thin down and to slim down. And, but the thing is, even through all of that, I still 
never made good food choices. Like I always just ate really, really crappy food. And whether that was at home or that was out of my home, like I just, I remember going to school in high school and like, why do they do this? It's terrible, but the cafeteria would serve like hot, fresh, giant chocolate chip cookies for breakfast at breakfast, like the the beginning of the school day. And I remember feeling like anxiety and overwhelming, like I have to have one of these cookies for breakfast kind of thing. And I would pretty consistently have one almost every day if I had the money. Um, like who, go, who as a teenager thinks that it's a good idea to have a giant cookie? Probably most teenagers. I don't know why I'm saying that, but, um, I mean, no, no, t- no trash on my family, but I didn't really have a great, Uh, I didn't have any real example of what it was to eat healthy, even though my dad, like I said, pretty consistently um, exercised and and lifted weights. He also definitely ate pretty crappy. Like we just have my family in general, not just my parents overall, has just never really um, made like healthy eating a priority. Um and that's just what it is. Like, I, I know, I'm sure I know my mom's going to listen to this, Deb, and she's going to be like, why do you have to trash talk me? <laughs> I'm not trash talking anybody. I'm just saying that's just what it is. Like, when we eat vegetables, you better believe they're smothered in cream and mushroom soup and, like, Velveeta cheese. I mean, there's just a lot of really unhealthy food practices in my family in general. And for the most part outside of my brother, who's in the military, for the most part, the majority of my family is obese and, 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 and and has poor health and has joint issues and has things. And so I've felt like as, even as a young adult, that that's not the life path that I wanted to take. And so I remember in college, I was thinking of this yesterday, like, I remember sitting when I first started college, I started at a private Christian university and I remember sitting in the chapel service and having to get up and be almost doubled over in pain because I had convinced myself that if I could just take enough laxatives that I would, I would be thin. I would be more thin. If I could just clear my system of food consistently with laxatives, I would be thin. And so I would remember having to run out and being just in so much pain from taking so many laxatives, um, in the middle of chapel services in the mornings that, and it, it, obviously it doesn't work. Like there's nothing like that that works. Um, I have, gone to Kentucky multiple times and bought and spent money not only on the travel there over an hour drive back there and back, um, like an over an hour down and then over an hour back and then, you know, spent money on basically speed, like legalized, um, diet pills that are supposed to increase your metabolism and give you energy and suppress your appetite. I've done, I've done that multiple times. I've bought things at GNC. I've bought supplements at other, um, you know, health food type stores. I've bought supplements at Walgreens and other, you know, I've gotten to desperate points so many times in my life where I've spent money and and spent time on things that are supposed to help me to get to a point to where I feel healthier. I feel thin. I feel, um, I've spent money on Weight Watchers and gone and, and done that online and, uh, I never went to a meeting because I just don't have time for that. But, um, so yeah, and I have fluctu. I was trying to think. My weight has fluctuated. I, w- I want to say I don't really remember what I weighed into high school and college, but I know when I got married to my second husband, which has been um, eight years ago, that my weight today and then like the highest weight that I can remember being um to eight years ago so let's just say over the past eight to ten years my weight has fluctuated up and down approximately 80 pounds um 
It's crazy. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, some people are like, oh, my God, I, da- I gained 10 pounds over the year. And I'm like, I gained 40 pounds in nine months. Like, <laughs> no problem. Um, because I just don't have any control when it comes to food. I've never, I was never taught. And so I just don't consistently um, eat in a way that is, uh, that is healthy and that is good. And, and so I guess today I just wanted to talk about it. I wanted to be honest about where I'm coming from and I wanted to just maybe offer some encouragement to anyone who is, um, who has struggled with this themselves. It's, it's to the point that like, when I say it's an idol, what I mean is that, it's become such a central part of my adult life, like this focus on health and eating and diet and weight to the point that it's nearly distracting from like my relationship with God, my relationship with my children, my relationship with the church. Like it's, it's almost all consuming and, and it's, that's not healthy. Like that's not a healthy place to be at either. I mean, obviously you want to think about your health. You want to be focused, you know, and you want to, you don't want to ignore your body and what you need, but I have, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, it's, it's become a consuming part of my life. Um, when I, when my son, my babe, the baby, um, when I was contacted about him at the, uh, the first of December, he was born on the 17th. And so I was called on the day he was born. I had at that point consistently been eating a very, really low carb, um, for about three or four weeks at that point. And, was down, um, had lost about 10 pounds and was feeling really good, felt pretty good about what I was doing and, and felt like I was making, you know, finally getting back on track. The night that I went to pick him up, I was, it was so chaotic. I I talked about this a couple of episodes back in my foster care, um, rundown, but you know, didn't have any notice, didn't plan on him coming home that day, drove over an hour away to pick him up, um, and hadn't had anything to eat. And so even though I hadn't been eating drive through food, I felt like if I don't eat something right now, like it's going to be midnight and I'm not going to have eaten anything. And then I'm just going to end up being a mess. And so I did go through a drive through then and it was like, that was it. That was like the gateway, like the gateway to me just over the past nine months eating everything and anything that came in front of my face, you know, on and off. I've had weeks where I've done really well and I've been consistently like aware of what I'm eating. And then I'll get to the, I've come to the weekends and just said, forget it and ate anything and everything. And I've had weeks where I've said, forget it and ate anything and everything the entire week. Um, so, yeah, 40 pounds later, not in nine months, I'm miserable and I'm not happy about what I'm doing and it's not a good look and it's not, it's not good. I've noticed, um, you know, for those that are skinny, you maybe not know these things, but there's like things that are happening that I've never experienced before. Like I have never had any trouble sleeping. That's always been like one of my top skills. <laughs> And I've had a difficult time sleeping. I've been uncomfortable sleeping. I've woken up and been like stiff in the mornings because I've not slept well or I've, you know, my back, my lower back, I've noticed like just if I'm standing during a home visit or something for a patient or I'm standing for a long period of time, my lower back really starts to bother me. And I've never had any back trouble, thankfully, but so those are, I guess the thing that's, that's frustrating for me is it's like, I, and I always have these moments, you know, I'm about 10 pounds from my highest weight, not pregnant and pregnant. Like I got to uh, my highest weight, not pregnant at one point in my life. I've also been at that same weight fully, like the day I delivered my daughter. (laughs) So I'm about 10 pounds away from that. I hope to not get to that point, but, um, yeah, I just, I don't even know. I'm not even going to say, I think when I 
recorded my first episode, I talked about how I was going to start making some, you know, lifestyle changes and try to lose weight. I mean, that was back in May for crying out loud. And here I am into September. Obviously I've not done anything except for continue to gain weight, (laughs) but I just wanted to say, like, I think the thing that is different for me today is that I'm really acknowledging that this is a disorder for me. Like this is a problem. This is a mental health issue. This is a, this is more than just, I'm a fat kid. Like this is a something that I am battling and whether it's, I'm battling it because it's a way that the enemy is using to keep me distracted from what I need to do with my life and to keep me distracted from focusing where I need to focus. Great job because it's working and like, I am distracted. I am thinking about it more than I'd like to. I am consumed with it a lot of times. Um, and I, I guess I just, I don't know what the solution is. Like, I wonder if I get to a certain weight, will I, you know, since a teenager, will I then finally stop being consumed with my weight and what I look like and what size clothing I'm wearing and what, you know, what, what, what the scale says? Will I stop being um, obsessed with that? And I don't know, because I've never gotten to that point. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, money won't buy happiness. Well, let me try. Like, let me at least have money and see how I feel. And then I'll let you know. Yeah. Cause I've never had it. I never had, have had any money either, but you know, like, let me at least get to that weight, And then I'll let you know, like if I can feel clear of that burden of being consumed with what my weight is and what I'm eating and what I eat and, So I will say that like I am going to start tracking, there's actually an app called Carb Manager, if anybody was interested in checking it out, that I think is really good. It gives you a really good breakdown of macros, of like carbohydrates and protein and uh, fats and calories. And then I, and I think it gives you a really good picture of like what you need to do to try to lose, um, to try to lose weight. So I'm back on, I'm back on this trying to lose weight train and we'll see. I'm sure I had a donut, uh, I had a donut for breakfast yesterday and then I turn around, I don't even know what I ate for lunch. What did I eat for lunch? What do we do? We went home, I don't know, probably something crappy. And then I know I had a sub, I had a leftover sub for dinner and yeah, just junk. I mean, just a lot of junk, but anyway, that's where I'm at. I hope that anyone who's listening, who's had these same feelings, who's had these same questions about worth and value. I was even watching a video, I think it was early this morning, of a, of a girl who's, it was like, uh, best boyfriend prank ever. And it was this really beautiful, thin girl who had a boyfriend and he, um, he did all of these things for her. Like somebody, some, a stranger on the street gave her a gift card. A stranger on the street gave her a bouquet of flowers. A stranger like asked her to watch a box of puppies while he (laughs) fed the meter. Like all these things that, you know, obviously her boyfriend knew that she really liked and he made arrangements for these strangers to do these things for her. And I even caught myself just this morning as I'm watching this video thinking, that's not something that would ever happen to me. Like those types of things only happen to women who are thin and beautiful. And I am saying this to myself and I just want to say this to anyone who's listening is that that's bullshit. That's bullshit and and we are all worth that type of, uh, care and love and attention and affection, regardless of our size. Now, to be clear, as I'm saying that to myself, I don't believe it. (laughs) I hope that you will. I don't believe it for myself. I hope that someday I will. I might need some convincing from someone, but I don't believe it for myself, but I want to say it and I want to believe it. And I hope that you will believe it. Um, and that's, I know that's hypocritical. I'm fully aware of that, but Yeah, I just think that it's not fair and I don't want my daughter to ever feel like if she happens to be overweight that she's not worth 
whether it's from a boyfriend or a best friend or friends in general, that she's not worth that type of love and attention and affection because she's overweight. Um, she told me last week that there was one day that she wore, um, she's seven by the way, that there was one day that she wore a longer like Bermuda style shirt because she had on a longer shirt. And so to wear shorter shorts, you couldn't see the shorts. So I told her, no, you need to change into a longer pair of shorts so you can actually see them, um, with this longer shirt. She told me last week that she couldn't wear that style of longer short anymore because when the one time that she did, someone in her class told her that she was fat, that she looked fat when she wore those longer shorts. She's seven and has already convinced herself that she has to wear shorter shorts because if not, then it makes it look like she's, like she's fat. I mean, come on. We got to, we got to help our daughters. We got to help ourselves to not get, um, sucked into this mentality of being, um, a lesser person, a lesser member of society, worthless, whatever you believe about yourself because of whatever the number is on the scale. And I know, I mean, I know I have skinny friends who feel self-conscious and who feel like, you know, they get skinny shamed or they get called names or they get told, you know, um, you know, they get frustrated just like I get frustrated to not be able to find my size when I go into a store. They get frustrated because they can't find their skinny size when they go into a store. So I know it's not just about being overweight. It's just, it's about any size across the gamut that you can feel these types of feelings. So I'm just giving an encouragement, just want to encourage and to say like, we got to really, um, you know, take care of ourselves and be active and, and make a point of being conscientious of our health and what our bodies need to be as healthy as possible, but also to really, um, you know, regardless of size, try to really work towards loving, um, loving our bodies and loving ourselves. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not all about like, I'm big and hell. I'm big and I'm, and I love it. I don't love it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, and whether, whether I love my body or not, I don't know if that's wrong. I don't love my body right now. I hate it. I'm miserable. And so I want to get to the point to where I do love my body and I'm, and I'm content and what's going on. So I'll keep y'all updated. Um, I'll keep you posted on how it's going, but that's kind of one of the other things I was thinking about today. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for that topic. But, um, as an update, I did last week and I'm playing it again this week. I did last week take a full trunk full of donations to a patient that I had who had kind of come across some, some mess, a younger patient that I had. And I had a lot of really generous people who donated. And then I had a lot of things in my house as well that I wanted to donate to them. And so I fulfilled my trunk a week challenge. I have, um, I have all my sheets and blankets and things still that I'm planning to donate. And I think that'll end up being this week that I'll take all of those. That, that, those, those donations were an unexpected or I would have done the sheets and stuff last week, but those are going to happen this week. So yeah, how's everybody else doing with that? Have you been, uh, making any efforts to purge or to, uh, downsize in your home? I had a caseworker visit Friday morning and my uh, adoptions caseworker was like, oh yeah, by the way, federal law changed and I have to see the baby's uh, sleeping arrangements every single visit. And I was like, oh, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> I think I talked about before how, you know, when I have caseworker visits, my home is not on an open floor plan. So I can, I have pocket doors. I have doors separating every, um, almost every room in the house. So I basically only clean two rooms in my house for the most part, because that's really all that they see. Uh, except for Friday, they had to see everything. So I just told her, I was like, look, there are trash cans, there are trash bags and totes, uh, in every single room of the house because I'm, uh, purging and sorting and getting rid of things. And so 
sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so every room had like a half full trash bag and a big stack of totes. There's totes all in the hallway where I'm packing up clothes and going through clothes and stuff. So I'm getting there. I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm throwing trash out. Was supposed to go to the landfill on Saturday and instead ended up going to garage sales. Yeah, so what I'm going to try not to do is bring stuff in as I'm getting rid of stuff. But I did find a couple of, not too much, I think I only spent like 20 bucks. So I found a couple of little cute things that I brought in. Charlie, my son, found a couple watches and a kite and stuff that he really liked. But it was a good time. We needed, uh, I wanted to spend some time with him and that's kind of what played out. So it worked out well. But I think that's about it. I'm about to go into Sam's. Hopefully buy up some lunch snacks and uh, and see what else they got going on in there. But that's all I've got for today. Like I said, leave me a comment. You can find my you can find the group on Facebook. It's me Sam. You can also find me on the Twitter at it's me Sam podcast. You can email me at it's dot me dot Sam dot podcast uh, at gmail dot com. I'm going to, I'm considering posting uh, before pictures of myself on my Instagram. So I will, uh, I will update on the Facebook group if that ends up happening. I haven't totally committed to that yet, but um, I think I'm going to. So I'll let y'all know on the Facebook group if that happens. So keep a look out there. And then, uh, yeah, so use those ways to contact me with any questions that you might have for, um, my new uh, African-American black friend here that's going to come on on Thursday. Any questions that you have for, like I said, now's the time. Post them, email them to me, comment them, message to me, and, uh, and I'll, we'll, we'll get her, we'll get her, we'll get an honest, honest answer from her. So that's all for today. Have a wonderful day. Um, enjoy your week and uh, we'll see you the next time. All right. Bye.